Guidelines in Practice Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite by Jennifer Speth Abstract Hospital construction and renovation is an ongoing occurrence in the healthcare setting. The recently updated AORN, Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite, provides perioperative nurses with information on the layout design and maintenance of perioperative spaces, safety measures to use during construction and renovation, monitoring and maintenance of the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, and how to respond to unintended utility failures. This article provides an overview of the guideline and discusses recommendations for the interdisciplinary team, planning and designing the surgical suite, construction-related environmental contamination, ORs, and OR maintenance. It also includes a scenario describing specific concerns associated with the construction of an additional OR. Perioperative nurses should review the guideline in its entirety and apply the recommendations when participating in perioperative construction and renovation projects. The surgical suite can consist of the OR, preoperative and postoperative patient care areas, sterile processing areas, administrative areas, waiting rooms, and staff member areas. For example, lounge, break room. Design and maintenance needs and requirements are unique to each of these spaces. The recently revised AORN, Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite, provides perioperative team members with recommendations for establishing a safe environment for patients and personnel during and after the construction and renovation process. The guideline includes recommendations to address the following. 1. The interdisciplinary team. 2. Planning. 3. Designing the surgical suite. 4. Renovation and technology updates. 5. Construction-related environmental contamination. 6. Preoperative areas. 7. ORs and hybrid ORs. 8. Procedure rooms. 9. Postoperative areas. 10. Sterile processing areas. 11. Support areas. 12. OR maintenance. And 13. Utility and heating, ventilation and air conditioning. HVAC disruption. The AORN guideline development team assessed the available evidence and included regulatory requirements when the governmental regulations supported the initiative and made recommendations when the benefits of the initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, high to moderate quality evidence supports recommendations. The AORN guideline development team also made conditional recommendations when the benefits of the initiative likely would exceed the harms. Any level of evidence supports conditional recommendations under certain conditions. The evidence table for the Design and Maintenance Guideline can be found at https://www.aorn.org/docs/default-source/guidelines-research/nursing-research/ evidence-rating-and-tables-surgical-suite-slash-design-evidence-table.pdf. 
This article provides an overview of the recommendations for the interdisciplinary team: planning and designing the surgical suite, construction-related environmental contamination (ORs), and OR maintenance. Table one identifies guideline recommendations for some questions that are not discussed in this article. Perioperative nurses should review the revised guideline in its entirety for additional information that may affect their practice. Interdisciplinary team. The entire perioperative team, along with hospital leaders and several other personnel, for example, administrators, architects, play an essential role in bringing broad-ranging expertise and perspective when planning construction and renovation projects. An interdisciplinary team consisting of administrators, clinicians, for example, surgeons, perioperative RNs, anesthesia professionals, support personnel, for example, sterile processing, environmental services, equipment manufacturer representatives, and additional representatives from outside the organization, for example, architects, interior designers, security specialists. Should be convened to provide oversight of construction and renovation projects in perioperative spaces. Involving interdisciplinary stakeholders increases the number of unique perspectives to designing a space that will better meet the current and future needs of those using the space. Additional stakeholders from outside the organization, for example, industrial hygienists, environmental, occupational health, and safety specialists. Can provide advice and direction when needed. Perioperative RNs who participate on the interdisciplinary team play an essential role by speaking to staff member and patient needs and the functionality of the space. For example, ergonomics of the workspace during the design process. As part of the interdisciplinary team, the perioperative RN should one participate in discussions on. Equipment selection, proposed workflows, use of the space, and the elements of a healthy work environment. For example, ergonomic safety. Two, verify there are construction barriers. See Figure One, and infection prevention measures in place during the project. Three, participate in meetings on construction, and four, monitor project progress through visual inspection. And communicate information and updates to the perioperative team, including relevant clinical information. For example, workflows. Perioperative RNs offer a unique and valuable perspective on construction of perioperative spaces that is applicable from the planning phase through the commissioning phase. Planning. During the planning phase of the construction or renovation project. Evidence-based design concepts, that is, frameworks found in the literature, simulations of the proposed space, should be reviewed and considered for inpatient and outpatient areas. For example, ORs, procedural areas, preoperative areas, sterile processing areas. Incorporating evidence-based design concepts may help facilitate a smoother construction or renovation project. Some organizations are applying human-centered design thinking when reimagining the OR. This strategy focuses on the solution instead of the problem, employs creative and critical thinking, and considers a project from a multidisciplinary perspective. Human-centered design thinking has led to innovations 
such as a smart OR, with integrated technology that transforms the floors and walls of the space into communication tools that assist with equipment placement and tracking floor cleanliness. Thinking outside the box to enhance efficiencies may bring new and exciting design elements to ORs. The interdisciplinary team should review the workflows of the proposed perioperative suite in the actual space or through simulation or suite setup. Visualization of and immersion into the proposed space gives the individual a sense of the workflow, allowing them to provide the interdisciplinary team with valuable feedback before the design project is completed. In an original report on the use of interprofessional simulation during planning and design of a new perioperative space, the design team described how they incorporated the staff members' wants, needs, and visions through evidence-based healthcare design principles. They constructed a full-scale, that is, 32,000-square-foot model, of the proposed perioperative space in a large warehouse that served as a simulation environment. The model was built out of foam and the specifications of the floor plans and included real OR equipment. Interactive sessions were held for a period of six weeks and included guided tours, facilitated experiences, and simulated procedures. The design team built two models. Qualitative responses from the first model survey included feedback around the visibility and preparation and recovery areas, elevator and cab size, interventional cardiology structure, and team spaces. Based on participants' feedback, the designers implemented major changes to the proposed space, including creating and testing revised floor plans. The average overall design of the first model scored a mean SD of 3.61.49, on a 5-point scale, 5 being the highest score and 1 being the lowest score. After incorporating feedback, the second model scored a mean SD of 3.78.41, P equals 0.024. The researchers concluded the use of interactive sessions in a model space can considerably affect the final construction design. Small, that is, fewer than 35 patient beds, or critical access hospitals have different design requirements than hospitals with more than 35 beds and outpatient facilities. Specifications include the following. 1. Cesarean delivery rooms must meet certain accessibility requirements to be designated as ORs. And 2. Certain rooms can serve multiple purposes, including a. Soiled workrooms or holding rooms, which also can be considered decontamination rooms. b. Clean equipment rooms, which also can function as clean supply and clean linen storage rooms. And c. Supply rooms, which also can include units for medication dispensing. AORN recommends that small and critical access hospitals review the Facility Guidelines Institute recommendations when designing the surgical suite. A functional program is intended to communicate the intent for the construction or renovation project and serves as a guide for stakeholders. For example, construction project personnel, healthcare organization personnel, 
when communicating the details of the functional and operational requirements of the project. It can also serve as a supplemental construction document. The functional program should include the scope, type, and location of operative and anesthesia procedures to be provided, design and location of patient care areas, patient population, and anticipated patient and procedure volume, among other items. The functional program guides decision-making for the following. 1. Utilities needed for the project. 2. Environmental and security controls. 3. Infrastructure that supports clinical documentation. 4. Storage spaces. 5. Technology that supports the intended use of the space. 6. Sterile processing. And 7. Operational requirements of the new or renovated space. A safety risk assessment, SRA, is an analysis of the potential risks to a patient inherent to the space in the planned healthcare facility construction or renovation project. The SRA identifies hazards and risks that may contribute to an adverse safety event, for example, infections, falls, injuries, and also includes mitigation strategies. An interdisciplinary team should design and implement the SRA, and it should include the following. An Infection Control Risk Assessment, ICRA. A Patient Handling and Movement Assessment. A Behavior and Mental Health Risk Assessment. And a Disaster Emergency and Vulnerability Assessment. The ICRA can help to facilitate a safe environment by identifying the potential risk for patient exposures to dust and moisture and the need for containment measures throughout the project. A safe environment can also be established by having a designated employee monitoring the control barriers during the construction period. The interdisciplinary team should implement and monitor the mitigation strategies that they identified during the ICRA. Emergency preparedness should be included in the surgical suite project plan and design process. Executive leaders made emergency preparedness a priority when designing and constructing a new hospital in Florida. In an original article, they described how they performed a comprehensive vulnerability assessment termed, quote, complete self-sufficiency planning, end quote, to ensure full functionality of the hospital in the event of a natural disaster, for example, a hurricane. Components of the complete self-sufficiency plan included generating enough power to continue normal operations, maintaining the structural integrity of the building, ensuring that utilities, for example, air temperature, humidity, water quality, would be stable, and expanding capacity at the facility to manage any increased local demands. Design of the Surgical Suite The surgical suite is a complex area. There are many elements to consider during the design process. Some of the elements that AORN recommends considering when designing the layout of the surgical suite include 1. The National Fire Protection Association's Life Safety Code 2. Recommendations for Preventative Maintenance 3. Maintaining cleanliness of equipment, devices, and the space itself. 4. System operations, that is, electrical, mechanical, plumbing. And 5. 
system sustainability, operability, flexibility, and expandability. The unrestricted, semi-restricted, and restricted zones of the surgical suite should be designed and positioned according to the activities performed in each space, access pathways, and attire HVAC and surface requirements. Each zone must adhere to specific HVAC design requirements, according to the American National Standards Institute, American Society of Heating, Refrigerating, and Air Conditioning Engineers, and American Society for Healthcare Engineering, and have surfaces that are smooth, cleanable, and durable. The zone should be clearly delineated using signs that specify which individuals are authorized to enter that space and the required attire for entry. Including signs as a visual cue before entering a zone is a helpful reminder to the requirements and restrictions of that space. When designing the HVAC system, it is important to consider the intended use of the space and the associated requirements. The HVAC system can help reduce environmental contaminants, for example, dust, in the surgical suite through environmental pressure relationships. For example, the OR must have positive pressure in relation to adjacent corridors to prevent unwanted microorganisms from entering. The HVAC requirements in ORs are the most stringent because they are restricted areas. The design parameters for the OR require a minimum of 20 total air changes per hour, ACH, a minimum of 4 outdoor ACH, a temperature range of 20 to 24 degrees Celsius, 68 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and a relative humidity of 20 to 60 percent. The HVAC system requires routine monitoring for efficiency and needed maintenance. Perioperative personnel should collaborate with facility services to establish an HVAC system monitoring schedule. Construction-Related Environmental Contamination Construction-Related Environmental Contamination should be prevented during projects that occur near occupied spaces in a healthcare facility, and the prevention measures should be based on the ICRA. In a brief report published in 2014, researchers described an outbreak of 22 sternal surgical site infections, SSIs, after cardiac procedures at a community hospital. Four of those infections tested positive for Gordonia species, which rarely causes SSIs. The investigative team conducted interviews and observed a mock surgery. They also assessed environmental factors, for example, OR cleaning, air pressure, temperature, humidity, and sterilization processes. They identified that cleanliness of the environment and construction were factors that may have led to the outbreak. After construction, they found that the humidity in one cardiovascular OR was higher than 60%. And during the investigation, they found that the pressure in that OR was less than the pressure in the adjacent substeral room. After addressing infection control practices, for example, strengthening hand hygiene, cleaning, and disinfection practices, and environmental issues, for example, correcting the air pressure, the SSI rate returned to the pre-outbreak level. The authors concluded that the cause of the outbreak was likely the result of several issues, including suboptimal maintenance of OR air pressure and infection control measures during construction, along with inadequate infection control practices overall.
adherence to environmental infection control standards is critical. AORN recommends several measures to prevent contamination in the perioperative environment, including 1. Collecting air samples at barriers and perimeters. 2. Implementing a dust collection system. 3. Installing barriers according to construction type and maintaining their integrity. 4. Developing traffic pathways, entrances, and exits based on construction areas. And 5. Using negative pressure and high-efficiency particulate air, HEPA, filters, in areas where construction is occurring. In a systematic review of fungal outbreaks associated with four decades of construction, renovation, demolition, and excavation projects in healthcare settings, authors sought to provide recommendations for infection prevention and control measures based on a combination of previous experiences, evidence, and guidelines. They found that construction was the most common source of fungal outbreaks and infection, followed by renovation, demolition, and excavation. Several protective measures to reduce fungal contamination include moving high-risk patients to another area, performing wet cleaning, maintaining a contained, that is, sealed-off, construction site, and using HEPA filtration. Operating Room When configuring the layout of the OR, the design team should consider the size of the OR in relation to the number of anticipated personnel who will be occupying that space and the recommendations and requirements for equipment. For example, waste anesthesia gas disposal system and scrub sinks. The OR should be large enough to accommodate the probable number of personnel and equipment, both fixed and mobile, in each workflow zone. Incorporating workflow zones, see Figure 2, into the design may help the team anticipate the amount of space required for the OR. The space where the RN circulator performs documentation may either be fixed or mobile. If the configuration of the OR includes a fixed documentation space, the design team should consider positioning the space so the RN circulator can face the patient and be close to supplies. Waste anesthesia gases must be disposed of through a gas disposal system that follows the National Fire Protection Association's NFPA 99 Healthcare Facilities Code Handbook or more stringent regulations if applicable. For example, if the waste is being directed to the outside environment, Environmental Protection Agency regulations should be followed. By adhering to environmental regulations, the harms of wasted anesthesia gas emissions can be reduced. When planning for and choosing a surgical field lighting system in the OR, many factors need to be assessed, such as the required ceiling support, amount of heat the system will produce, mobility of the lights, ease of replacing lamps and cleaning the lights, and color and type of lighting. Choosing the right kind of surgical field lighting system for the OR can be daunting, but it is essential to consider all of these factors so that the surgical team members can perform procedures safely. In an observational study to identify shortcomings among surgical field lighting systems, researchers observed procedures at a large non-university teaching hospital in the Netherlands and distributed an online questionnaire to surgeons and assistants 
to broaden their findings. After observing 46 hours of surgery, they found that a light was repositioned in the OR at least once every 7.5 minutes. Complications associated with repositioning included difficulty moving the lights because of mechanical problems and collisions with other lights and objects. According to the questionnaire results, the areas in need of the most improvement were illumination of deep wounds, how often lights required repositioning, the number of shadows visible, and the illumination strength of the light beam. The researchers concluded that, to improve surgical field lighting systems, both the need to reposition the lights and the effort required to do so should be minimized. OR Maintenance An interdisciplinary team should establish and implement a systematic process to maintain and monitor the surgical suite. When maintaining the surgical suite, consideration should be made for patient care, workflows, and prevention of barriers to a safe and healthy working environment. Unintentional variances, such as out-of-range temperature and humidity, can occur in surgical suites. A systematic process should be in place to help resolve such variances and should include 1. The steps to take when a variance is detected. 2. Communication about the variance according to the chain of command. 3. The team that will perform a risk assessment and determine the response, including addressing associated risks. For example, delays, cancellations. 4. Communication with facility operations personnel throughout the variance. 5. Plans for mitigation of any future disruptions. And 6. Routine reviews of policies and procedures. AORN provides a conditional recommendation that organizations implement corrective measures based on the risk assessment when HVAC variances occur, including moving surgical supplies, restoring functionality of the OR and HVAC system, rescheduling or moving procedures to unaffected areas of the surgical suite, rescheduling elective procedures, only performing emergent procedures, closing the affected surgical suites, or deferring action. In the event of a power failure, an emergency backup plan must be in place to restore air quality, as well as ventilation and infection prevention measures, to ensure the safety of perioperative team members and patients. If a disruption occurs or there are construction or renovation projects underway, a portable HEPA filter unit may be used. Portable HEPA filters should be capable of recirculating all, or almost all, room air and provide at least 12 ACH. Scenario at an acute care facility with 90 inpatient beds and 5 ORs, hospital administrators and OR leaders have decided an additional OR needs to be constructed in the surgical suite to accommodate the increasing number of procedures. The surgical team typically performs 380 general, urology, orthopedic, and gynecological procedures each month. They use block scheduling with a 90% room utilization rate. A functional plan is in place, and construction is set to begin in the next few weeks. Tiffany, the OR manager at the facility, decides to discuss the construction plans with a perioperative team at a staff meeting. She explains that an additional OR will help them increase their efficiency, manage the increased surgical volume, 
and improve ergonomics. The team members are very excited about the new OR, though several perioperative nurses have questions and concerns about the construction process. Before Tiffany takes questions, she explains that during construction, the current storage space will be expanded and converted into a functional OR. Because construction can create a lot of dust, Tiffany says an interdisciplinary team conducted an ICRA. As a result, there will be barrier devices and a dust collection system in place to help with debris and dust containment, and HEPA-filtered vacuums will be used for cleaning. Merrill, an experienced perioperative nurse, is concerned that this construction will be occurring adjacent to the OR in which she usually works. Merrill questions the integrity of the barriers and the measures that will be taken to prevent SSIs. Tiffany acknowledges Merrill's concern and explains that the barriers will be created from solid fiberboard and that infection prevention specialists and OR leaders will continually maintain and monitor them for integrity. Tiffany also mentions that the space under construction will have negative pressure compared to the surrounding areas to prevent particles and contaminants from leaving the construction area. During this discussion, Wren, an experienced RN circulator who is still completing orientation, was reminded of a time at her previous facility when a utility failure occurred during a construction project. She shares this story with a team, describing how an electrical failure occurred while she was assisting with a minimally invasive procedure. The video tower, including the insufflator, camera, light source, and display screen, stopped working and the room went dark. They had to bring in portable battery-operated lights and convert to an open procedure. Wren asks how they will prevent utility failures like this during construction at this facility. Tiffany assures Wren that, according to the SRA that was conducted during the construction planning phase, the current ORs are all equipped with red emergency outlets that are designed to work during utility failures. She then mentions the interdisciplinary team that is involved with the construction project and that they will be assessing for such risks as well as ensuring the utility failure policy is up to date and implemented. After the meeting is over, Merrill, Wren, and the rest of the perioperative team feel more at ease about the upcoming construction project and the safety of their patients. Tiffany reminds the team that she is happy to address any additional questions or concerns that they may have and plans to have daily informational huddles during the construction phase to keep the team informed with relevant updates. Conclusion Construction and renovation in the hospital setting can be complex and affect efficiencies, workflows, and patient and staff member safety. An interdisciplinary team should be involved during all phases of the construction process. During the planning phase, evidence-based design concepts should be examined and a functional program should be in place. Other considerations include emergency preparedness, HVAC systems and parameters that meet requirements for the intended use of the space, and minimizing construction-related environmental contamination of adjacent areas.